Moramai, good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio! Moramai, this is Judith Lay welcoming you to another special edition of At Your Service, dedicated to the memory of the late Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man, on this, the eve of her state funeral. We'll hear the voice of Her Late Majesty sharing her own thoughts about her life, alongside a time of prayer and reflection led by the Archbishop of Canterbury, the Most Reverend and Right Honourable Justin Welby. The Archbishop's reflections are centred around the much-loved 23rd Psalm, The Lord is My Shepherd, and our programme includes two musical settings of the psalm, the most familiar to the tune Crimmond, sung by St Martin's Voices, and the words of Her Late Majesty are accompanied by the Hilton Stewart setting of the same psalm, sung by our own Cathedral Choir in Peel, accompanied by organist Stuart Corrie and conducted by Director of Music Dr Peter Littman. But our first hymn today is a familiar tune, but maybe less familiar words. This is a hymn of remembrance, assurance and thanksgiving marking the passing of Queen Elizabeth II and the lyrics were written just days ago by Christian singer-songwriter Andy Flanagan and Sam Hargraves. This is Catherine Jenkins singing Tears and Celebration. May we know that sin 
work on earth is done. May we hear as does a sovereign, faithful servant welcome a home. We meet in the name of Jesus Christ, who died and was raised to the glory of God the Father. Grace and mercy be with you. Today we come together to remember before God Her late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, to give thanks for her life. At the centre of the theme of this service is the 23rd Psalm, The Lord's My Shepherd. It is one of the most important parts of the Bible. Jesus called himself the Good Shepherd. As we reflect on that psalm, we remember that he is our Good Shepherd. He is my shepherd and yours. So we start with the setting of the hymn, The Lord's My Shepherd, I'll Not Want.
O God, our Sovereign and Shepherd, who brought again your Son, Jesus Christ, from the valley of death, comfort us with your protecting presence and your angels of goodness and love, that we also may come home and dwell with him in your house forever. Amen. I didn't have an apprenticeship. My father died much too young, and so it was all a very sudden kind of taking on and making the best job you can. It's a question of maturing and into something that one's got used to doing and accepting the fact that here you are and, and it's your fate, because I think continuity is very important. It is a, a job for life. Most people have a, a job and then they go home. And in, in this existence, the job and the life go on together because you can't really divide it up. Audiences are my way of meeting people without anybody else listening. And that gives one a very broad picture of what is actually going on either in government or in the civil service. A lot of them are, are um, regular ones, you know, but you, you can ask to see anybody you want to see. If one meets a lot of people, one just does get to know what's going on. The fact that there's nobody else there it gives them a feeling that they can say what they like, which, after all, is, is part of the sort of basis of where I get my information from. Well, I've always had rather a sort of feeling that the letters are rather personal to oneself, you know, because people write them thinking that I'm going to, to open them and read them. I, I don't open all of them, obviously, because I don't have time to do that. But it does certainly give me, um, I suppose, because one gets perhaps even sort of a bit more remote, um, one, it, it gives one an idea of what, what is worrying people and what actually um, they feel that I could do to help. And, I mean, there are occasions when I can help. I can pass things on to the right authorities, or I can, even in some cases, write to various organisations who will uh, look into it. But I, I, I've always had this feeling that letters are written to me, and I, I like to see what people want to, to write to me. I, I think, in a way, one, one feels that... Uh, there is a sort of, uh, the buck stops here, so to speak, you know. And the, I had a letter this morning about, about something, and um, he said, I've been going round and round in circles, but you were the only person who can stop the circle, and you'll be able to, to fix it. I thought that was rather nice. Sandrium is um, an escape 
place, but it is also a working place and a commercially viable bit of England. I like farming. It's not very easy nowadays. I like animals. I wouldn't be happy if I just had arable farming. I think that's very boring. But I suppose that because it's an inherited place, one's known it ever since one was a child, I knew how much my father had, had enjoyed it. Well, in fact, all my family, ever since King Edward bought it, they've all enjoyed being there. And they're very, very much involved with the people who live on the estate, so that one has a responsibility towards them very much. I have the, the stud there too, which is my sort of responsibility, and that I enjoy doing. King Edward put the stud there. He enjoyed racing, and I think we've all enjoyed racing. I think that one always has hope that one's horse is going to be better than the next man's horse. A lot of the visits nowadays have a very strong political tone to them, and, and we are really the, the, um, the hosts, basically. I mean, we give the entertainment initially and have the people to stay, hoping to give them a nice time to remember. And obviously, we, we keep up as many of the traditions as we can that are sensible to keep. Quite a lot of prime ministers, starting with uh, Winston, and some stayed longer than others. They unburden themselves, or they tell me what's going on, or if they've got any problems. And sometimes one can help in that way too. They know that one can be impartial, so to speak. I think it's, um, it's well nice to feel that one's, one's a sort of a sponge. And, and everybody can come and tell one things. And, and some things stay there, and some things go out the other ear, and, and some things never come out at all. And, and occasionally you can... Um, be able to put one's point of view, which perhaps they hadn't seen it from that, that angle. Well, I suppose Balmoral is a place one looks forward to very much as the summer goes on. I think that it has an atmosphere of its, of its own. If you just hibernate. But it's rather nice to hibernate for a bit when one leads such a very movable life. To be able to sleep in the same bed for a six weeks is, is a nice change. If you live in this sort of life, you live very much by tradition and by continuity. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, you know exactly what you're going to be doing two months hence or even beginning to know about next year. And, and I think that this is what the younger members find difficult, is, is the regimented side of it. You have to sort of work out in your own mind the hard work and then what you enjoy in retrospect from it of the people you've met. Like the, the, the small soldier I was giving a gallantry award to and I said that was a very brave thing to do. Oh, he said it was just the training. And I have a feeling that in the end, probably, the training is, is the answer to a great many things. You can do a lot if you're properly trained. And I hope I have been.
Her Majesty was very much a comforter and strength for our nation. I find it almost extraordinary to reflect on the fact that her first Prime Minister, Winston Churchill, was born almost exactly a hundred years, a little more than a hundred years, before her last Prime Minister, Liz Truss. In that breadth, we go from someone who charged with the cavalry at the Battle of Omdurman to someone who was too young to remember Armstrong and others landing on the moon. That is a long period. But most of all, it's a period of change. And when something that has been solid and enduring moves, it feels as though the whole world has shifted on its axis and we hardly know how to identify ourselves or anyone else. Bereavement and grief comes at many different levels. There will be many in the United Kingdom, round the world, millions, who in the last week have lost someone they loved. They will know how the world shifted at that moment. Suddenly there was a gap. And for this whole nation of the United Kingdom, for the Commonwealth, and for so many other countries, there will be that sense that there is a gap. People will feel uncertain, lacking direction. But the Queen would have had a dryly humorous comment to make about such feelings. I suspect she'd have thought, yes, but it's not about me. Because her world was not founded on the shifting sands of mortality. But her world was founded on following the Good Shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd I'll not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And she knew that in that short psalm, there is everything from abundant life, food served in the presence of enemies by God to those he pastors and shepherds through to the valley of the shadow of death. That valley through which so many walk today and in one sense the whole nation walks. We will hold the memory of Her Late Majesty in the same way as she held us with devoted service. But she will more certainly be held in the hands of God for all eternity. She lived with the sure and eternal hope of resurrection to new life through Jesus Christ. She lived with that as her guide in times of joy, in times of sorrow, and she most certainly knew both. But she lived with it in a way that gave hope. Yes, we mourn. We go through the valley of the shadow. But beyond it are the still waters. Beyond it is the feasting, the joy, the celebration. When we are held in the hands of God. For though so many millions, tens of millions, billions, may feel the world has shifted and someone is absent, 
who was there and was a presence for the lives of the greater part of the world's population, there is the certainty, not only from the fact that His Majesty the King also has his feet on that, that same rock of faith, follows that same Good Shepherd, not only from that, but more certainly, that in words made famous in the Second World War in a song and renewed in perhaps the most extraordinary of her broadcasts in recent years, during the COVID pandemic in the United Kingdom, where she said to us, we'll meet again. Words of hope, words that bring life, words that speak of love and fellowship, comfort and hope. Those are what God brings to those whose lives, like hers, are dedicated in service and faith and trust to the common good of all human beings. We will meet again. So we pray. God of love, we thank you for the life of the late Queen, for her service to our nation, and for her faith in you. Be close to all those who today are mourning, that we may find comfort and hope in your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Everlasting God, we pray for His Majesty the King. Bless His reign. Enable us to work together so that truth and justice, harmony and fairness flourish among us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us gather up all our prayers in the words that Jesus gave us. Wherever you are, each in your own preferred first language. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the greatest hymns of hope and assurance in life and in death. Guide me, O thou great Redeemer.
God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the king, the commonwealth, and all people peace and concord, and to us and to all his servants, life everlasting. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Reflecting on an exceptional life of dedicated service on the eve of the state funeral of Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, there'll be a diocesan and civic service of thanksgiving for the life of Queen Elizabeth II, Lord of Man, in the cathedral in Peel this afternoon at half past three. It'll be a choral evensong led by the Right Reverend Peter Eagles, Lord Bishop of Sodran Man, and will include special music from the Cathedral Choir, with a warm welcome for everyone. And the Promenade Church here on Douglas Promenade will be open tomorrow, Monday morning from half past ten, and will be showing the Queen's funeral on a large screen television in the sanctuary. If you'd like to watch the service in company, just come along and you'll be made very welcome. And that's all that we have time for now, but I'll be back in the studio tonight at nine with sundown, and I do hope you can join me then. But until whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening, and I wish you and those you love a truly blessed week and a very good morning. Mm-hmm.